1: that sound. This is a good one. Alright, welcome to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Waterfowl Wednesday. I know it's been a little bit uh, of a, we haven't had one, but uh, you know, Nick's been busy. So here we Dude, are. Dude, it is so busy up here. Dude, you're just smashing birds. Like, it's your snaps are, like, dare I say epic. I mean, these are, like, piles of birds. Like, I like yeah, I got... not just what you're shooting, like, in the foreground, but, like, the background, just seeing everything. Like, like
2: holy Christ, there's so many birds. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of good videos until it got shut down. There's a couple other outfitters spotted in town, and uh, my snap stories started getting blamed for it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, no. So they're like, no more. <laughs> no, no, no more. That's
1: <laughs> no more snaps, Nick. That Stop can't blowing be. That up can't our be spot. what it is. Do you think? Do you think there's
2: validity to that?
1: Or do they no. just scout it and found birds? No, but and...
2: it, you know what? Feelings are real, whether they are based in truth or not. So if somebody feels like if somebody's scouting, one of my coworkers. Or my boss, let's just say, is scouting and sees other people scouting, other outfitters scouting our area, and uh then sees me on my Snap Story posting just kill shot after kill shot and doesn't want me to do it, and feels like he shouldn't you know, he's well within his rights to say stop.
1: <laughs> that was a that was a pretty deep statement by Nick J right there.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Did we just um, turn into a philosophy um,
1: podcast all of a sudden. Dude,
2: Dude, up here at Prairie Limits Outfitters, I'm telling you, it is fucking amazing. I bet. It is so much fun. The hunting is so good. Uh, literally every single day is a migrator day. You couldn't go out into one of these fields like if I, I couldn't shoot less than twenty geese, and if I tried.
1: Wow. Like and you, and you've you can, tried you, before. <laughs>
2: so hard and succeeded and succeeded in Minnesota by not shooting any birds. I couldn't do that here, dude. Like it's, it's, um, every, it's such a migration hub, like of ducks, swans, cranes, um, lesser snow geese, speckle belly geese, cackling geese, Canada geese, everything is moving in and moving out at all times that it is, um, it's just amazing. Every day is a migrator day of all different species. What's if a, you would go set a spread in any one of these fields.
1: What's the population like right now? Like what's the main, is it Canada's? Is that like your main core of birds around right now?
2: Well, when we first, when I first got here in, on August 28th, it was mostly uh, pintails and honkers that were around. Um, Now we got a lot more mallards. Um, And we're talking like feed fielding or uh, field feeding ducks. So about September 10th or 12th, we started getting a lot of cackling geese and lessers showing up and uh, snow geese showing up kind of they're starting to be in big numbers some places. But we basically had snow geese since like September tenth or so. Wow.
1: That's so cool. So, it I is thought, really cool. Yeah, I just saw that um that Canada snow goose hybrid that you got your hands on recently. That was cool.
2: That was that was awesome, dude. We had a four pack come in today. I yell, kill him. I go on out there and I pick up uh there's the first goose. He was just standing there. He needed uh he needed a little snapper there on his neck. And I, I was walking up to him. I was like, what the hell? Is this a hybrid? Like, no way. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. We've seen, um, what have we, I've seen uh, a honker band killed out of Utah. It Dude. was uh, banded like pretty, pretty close to the salt, to Salt Lake last year. So it was a malt migrant banded as a juvenile. That's cool. So you know how sometimes, uh, a couple of episodes we've talked about, like, I wonder if the resident geese, like in Florida and Georgia or wherever, do molt migrations? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they've, there is for sure molt migrations coming out of the Utah birds. Interesting. Which isn't that far south. Well, But, I mean, I always wonder about birds other than, like, Minnesota birds, which is what we're most familiar with. Like are, are other geese doing molt migrations? And the answer is yes, because um, we're getting these uh,
1: Utah bands up here. Well, now did you see? Did you read that article that I sent you? It was a it was a meat eater article. I read it article.
2: I read it. I read it last year because it's a 2021 article, and I read it last year. It's all about molt migration, and I believe they quote Chris Nikolai quite a bit in that article.
1: I don't remember the name now, but I feel like it's not right. Like, <laughs> no, like they it's con- it's like they contradict themselves s- in the article, kind of about molts.
2: Okay, let's tell people what we're talking about. There's a article in Meat 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 Eater. What is it called? The
1: the truth, like the truth about molts, or something like that. Um, you sent it on. to yeah, me let here. Me, yeah, look at my text message.
2: the tr- the The truth about the molt migration by the Meat Eater
1: Yes, correct.
2: Yeah. And um I read it last year and what I remember is them saying like you're not seeing molt migrants until October. Right. And they're like... It was kind of the gist the gist of it. And you know what? What I thought about that article is number one, he's wrong. <laughs> but but my but maybe maybe only um partially wrong. Because what if we really are only seeing a small amount of the molt migration in September. The bulk of the molt migration does happen in October, which would make him correct. But that doesn't mean that we're not shooting the shit and having amazing molt migrator hunts in September. That might just be on the first little start of the molt migration, which is because at first I was like, well, this guy's just dead fucking wrong. I'm like, well, he's only wrong to a certain amount. Right you know, like, I feel of... like
1: it's I feel like it's binary thinking like if the majority is are locals then you know then there must not be molts. but the problem like we've just seen the evidence like we shot a band um, last week, not this like most recent last weekend, the weekend before last and it was you know it was banded in uh, Illinois. so you right. you can't tell me that that wasn't a, a molt migrator. I mean uh,
2: like like uh like was it banded last year or the year previous?
1: E- yeah, I was yeah, I was banded last year.
2: As a juvenile.
1: As a juvenile, too young to fly.
2: Then that's a molt.
1: Right, so it was hatched out in <laughs> Illinois and now we shot it in north central Minnesota. So, so I like mean a, unless they're making can the that goose, big of a of a food move, which I just don't they're not. believe. They're not.
2: They're not.
1: Yeah. I'm it's not buying it either.
2: It's a molt. My, yeah. Like band, my band data and all the bands we've killed, like how many bands have we killed from Iowa on molt migrated days and Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, Illinois. Um, we're just killing molts. We know we're killing molts, but that doesn't mean that and Chris Nikolai is the lead scientist for Delta Waterfall. I think is what his job is now. He's not stupid. Right. And he's, not wrong, a hundred. He's not a hundred percent wrong. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. He's. We don't know how wrong he is. He's at least a little bit wrong. <laughs> Correct, and and I don't even put
1: so much on him per se. Is the, um, I think it's more of the way the author of that article interpreted what he was saying. Because that's like that's you, a good point. When you read the article, when I read the article, I'm like, you're contradicting yourself. Because they'll say, like, oh, you're shooting locals, blah, blah, blah. And then then it talks about the molt migration and why they go up there because of the high nitrogen levels in the soil and the quick-growing grasses. And that's what they want. It's, you know, just much more nutritious food. That's why they go up there. And then they work their way back. It's like you just described molt migrators. Like. (laughs) Right and and if we're shooting birds and I'll put it this way, in my experience, in the bands that I have seen, I'm actually trying to think. I don't know that I've personally been a part of a Minnesota banded goose yet. Like in uh, September, that definitely
2: does happen. No, it but. does happen.
1: I'm just talking about me personally, and I understand that you know correlation is not causation and all that stuff. But my my personal experience, like every time we shoot a band. You know, nobody guesses Minnesota. We're like, where do you think it's from before we put in the data? Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin. And it's one of those four. It's like, it seems to be, it seems to never be Minnesota. So, so, um,
2: I kind of had one idea of some stuff to talk about. I've gotten to experience some different products. Like I've been using different products up here. We could do some Nick J opinions.
1: Do it. How do you like that? A-frame. Dude, I fucking hate it. (laughs) How many guns have fallen over?
2: None, because here's what I do in my safety speech. I tell everybody that in an A-frame blind, it is required that you keep one hand on your gun at all times. If you need to adjust your uh, belt or tie your shoes, you need to hand your gun to the person next to you so they can hold it for you. I don't allow anybody to prop their guns up. I've had one accidental misfire... um an accidental discharge happened um in an a-frame uh with a guy reloading with his safety off so that was a little bit of a learning lesson i now i like after every volley i yell safety's on before you reload so um that's that was scary uh there's a moment where i had to ask uh, a group of guys is everybody okay And I've never had to ask a group of guys that, (laughs) that was like a, that was a, like, exactly a yikes moment. Um, using the A-frame blinds is a tremendous amount of unnecessary labor to produce a hunt that is less comfortable, uh, less successful and, um, just all around worse. (laughs) Do you think, do you,
1: do you think you're getting your hunts are less successful because of it?
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and I, like, we could go out there and say we shot a, a, a double limit, our limit of ducks and our limit of geese out of an A-frame, but we had to burn so many extra fucking flocks to do that. And I don't believe for a second that people shoot better out of an A-frame. That's another argument people say. Oh, I guess it's I've like, never oh, heard that one, but. Dude, there's, Pete, there's branches in people's face because we're making these things into a giant big bush, you know, right. of branches. And the birds are straight up not decoying as well. So like people shoot better at birds that are decoying better. Like they shoot worse at birds that are further away flaring off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you can get it done by hacking away at birds and burning a field to the ground that you didn't have to. Um but but we've uh We've kind of transitioned out of using the A-frames in the last few days, and we're going to like almost exclusively layout blinds. And it's nice to see birds working in tight, um, easy setups. Um, yeah, that's that's. What I thought well, one positive thing I can say is I we've been using the Avian X A-frame for that situation, mm-hmm. which you you can get decent hides with it on, uh, like, edges and shit like that, right? Yep. It's still still more labor, less comfortable, less safe. Like, I'm not saying A-frames aren't completely ineffective. They're just not as good as layouts. You know, if a layout blind is a 7, an A-frame is a 5. You know, in, like, whatever category you want to choose. Effectiveness, safety, labor, ease of use, you know, whatever it is. They're just... It's not completely ineffective. It's just more of a pain in the dick. Right. And um, you can still get good hides out of it. It's just more labor. We've been transitioning out of using them now. And one thing that that is helpful is we, we lose our uh, leaves on the trees so early up here, so we can't exactly make big bushes out of them later in the season. Sure, that makes sense. One thing, one thing Ben Webster said to me, uh, he's uh, one of the owners here at Prairie Limits, that I thought was really, really cool statement. He says, you know what the really good thing about A-frames is? He said, what? He goes, so many people use A-frames now that it's made layout blinds even more effective. I believe that. I believe that
1: to be a true statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, so many people just run A-frames now that when, for the guys that are exclusive layout hunters, like, layouts were kind of starting to get, if you weren't using them correctly, like, five years ago, six years ago, they're starting to get burnt you know what i mean like they were getting wise to that layout shit nowadays fuck it's like the glory days of layout blinds all over again because all these people running a frames
1: well and that's kind of like something that we've talked about i feel like you kind of like you have to be aware of trends and and you can't be chasing trends you know for as cliche as it sounds if you got to be a trendsetter so it's like a-frames got really popular, so people, you're going to start using them more, which is, yeah, you're going to be educating geese, and people are going to see these A-frames and whatnot, and then you kind of kind of do something that the masses are – do something different than what the masses are doing. And, and the same with, like, um, just wearing whites in the spring. I've, I've seen that since I've been guiding. It's like once –
2: People I don't like that anymore. Success. Do you? Nope.
1: No, I don't. I don't really like it that much anymore. I feel like they're wise to I it. I don't. I don't either. They're ge- They're getting. They are. They're getting and, and, shot out of ten equally human shaped white blobs, and so now they're becoming aware. That are all those.
2: lined up, like yeah. I've even tried that, like hunting honkers in the snow, like very recently, like you know, in a Tyvek suit. Mm-hmm. And that shit didn't work very well. Like <laughs> we ended up like this was last winter. We had to take turns. And every one of us said the same thing. Like the only geese we shot were ones that we were like, we didn't call and we just like hoped they didn't see us. And sure. the ones that didn't see us would decoy. And you could see, tell when they'd see you cause they'd flare, you know what right. I mean?
1: Yeah. And, I, and I've seen that with snow geese. So, so I, I started getting away from it. And so I think it's time to, you know, break out the layout blinds again, even in the spring for snow geese, you know, it's just like, I agree. I totally agree. Now now it's been a few years since everybody's been using layout lines. You know, the whole thing with super low profile, that was the thing you needed. And then, it, you know, then it went to, I don't know, it, it just constantly changes. It's like, just look at what the masses are doing and then don't do that.
2: <laughs> kind
1: of. Right,
2: right. And, yeah. And, and the thing about A-Frames is, too, is when I do like a grass hide with a bunch of layouts, like seven layouts and a grass hide. In the middle of a bean field. Okay, that's the uh, to me, big picture. It's like the same as a fucking setting two A-frames up, right? Mm-hmm. The A-frames sit al- the A-frames sit like what twenty or twenty-two inches higher than the actual layout blinds, but who the right. fuck? It's just a big pa- it's just a big patch of grass. The problem you run into with the A frames is that with a layout blind, the only chance they have to see you is through the head hole which most people use that like fabric mesh in front of their face with the a-frame it's just a bigger chance it's just a bigger hole a bigger window exposing the humans that are inside of the a-frame geese are not afraid of a-frames right they're not afraid of layout lines they're not afraid of backboards they're afraid of the humans that they suspect are are (laughs) there right (laughs) so so like when even that white box I built, um, those windows were the biggest vulnerability to it. They would they don't care about the white box, but they knew those windows were there, and they did not like a human being looking at them through those windows.
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to like movement, really. You know, it's like, yeah, something you could brush in a layout blind, you know, perfectly where you just literally look like a oh natural grass clump in the middle of the field but if someone's head is up and it's just on a swivel well the gig is up
2: dude people need to get back to fucking hiding from birds all right i don't understand this whole like wearing solids no face mask some flat bill hat with a big old like leather patch or like big old embroidered mallard on it and uh an a-frame like pretending like hiding doesn't matter anymore like the nice thing i remember like I'm old enough to remember like the Jeff Foyles days when uh, like painting your face was a really uh, popular thing to do. Like everybody wore face paint. And I remember like clowning on it like everybody paints their face like uh, Jeff Foyles does like looks so dumb. But I was always a face mask guy, Mm -hmm. you know, but now nobody paints their face and like nobody even wears camouflage anymore. Like it's all just solid colors, A-frame blinds. No face mask, no face paint. It's like, we're taking steps backwards, I feel like. (laughs) Well, I say let them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One downside of hiding really well, though, is, so this happened to us on opening, opening morning. So we had a, you know, migrator group breakdown, and there was kind of like two, and then there was three above it. And the two landed and the three were working around and they're kind of making their final pass and we're like all right we're going to take these three on our three on our right and I was you know we're like mike you shoot you hop up shoot the two on the ground we'll shoot at the three up top call a shot everybody shoots at the three up top and the two in front that were just on the ground got away and we're like we're like mike why didn't you shoot those two he's like what two so he he's like so tucked in he didn't see it and then he he didn't hear us talking about it either so we have a special guest i'm doing a podcast
2: got a special guest ben webster you headed out scouting yeah i gotta go too then
1: oh man getting it's a short one this week but all right um
2: it's not that short we were like a half hour long
1: eh, 20 minutes But we'll you know
2: i wanted to get into my opinion on dakota decoys too all right well
1: we can do that next week maybe we'll pick a different time after scouting maybe
2: those signature series before right, or after scouting is better here's whatever dude we'll just try to find any time that works because it's tough for me to have time but i like them by the way i like the signature series we haven't had any break we started with 45 dozen we still got 45 dozen nice yeah not a bad decoy anyways i got a roll
1: all right dude go find i'm headed out to
2: go look for some birds
1: Good luck. We'll be, uh, I guess, I would say watching on Snapchat, but you were told not to do that, so we'll see what happens.
2: Yep, yep. All right, dude, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Later, dude, bye.
1: (laughs) All right, there we go. There was Nick. So, yeah, while I got you, I'm just going to do a quick recap of, like, what we did last weekend. Um, Not this past one, but opening weekend. We had got permission on this uh, beautiful, uh, fresh-cut hayfield. Just nice, big, green you know, great visibility, exactly what you want. And there's like fence lines that kind of break up this, you know, it's like multiple fields. And so we were able to set up on this fence line And the hide. was just gangster. It was so good. Um, But we, there was a few locals flying around, but not many. I do think that we lured a couple of those over, but I will say those, when those high flyers, those molts came through, yeah, they. I mean, when you can get them to break down, man, they just do it so much better. I feel like than locals do, especially when you're not on a feed. You know, which we weren't. The funny thing is, when we asked for permission on the field. You know, we get the the farmers always like, well, there isn't any. There hasn't been any geese in that field. It's like, yeah, we're not really hunting the geese that are in the field. We're hoping to see geese that are just moving into the area, to see the decoys, and come down. We set a pretty big spread. It was fun um but man did our shooting suck we we should have had a three man limit on saturday and instead we had slightly over a one man limit we definitely had the opportunities and then uh on sunday was it monday no i think it was sunday could have my time my days wrong no wait a minute was that opening weekend no it wasn't it was Ah hell I don't know. It was last not this immediate past weekend, but the weekend before that. Whatever that is. I guess I could pull up a calendar, but I just sound like an idiot. Um anyway, so the next day we went up there. We had uh more guys, because uh, Joel could hunt with us that day. He was fishing in a uh bass fishing tournament the first day. So then Sunday rolls around, so he he jumped in with us, and then I got a call from uh Tony Tessing from Hometown Hero Outdoors. Um, asking if we had a spot for uh, a vet that needed to get out. And uh, and I was like, well, do you want to go? And he's like, well, I mean, if there's room, I don't have to. I just really want to get this guy to go. I'm like, yeah, dude, we got room. It's like, it's fine. So we ended up having, uh, was it seven guys? Whatever. Dude, me and math are not good buddies. Anyways, we had more people. And uh, we didn't see quite as many birds. We didn't. I should say we didn't have as many opportunities. But we definitely did still see some molts. And we pulled some down and it was a shit ton of fun. And testing got his first band. That's the band that Nick and I were talking about. It's so cool, dude. It was just so fun. Um, you got, you know, it was kind of an emotional deal for him. And uh just super happy and thankful that, you know, we can help help those guys out. Uh HHO is a great organization. I know you've heard about them if you listen to this podcast long enough. But if you haven't, um Go f- check them out, Hometown Hero Outdoors on Facebook. Um, they have a website too. Go go check them out. Um, they're doing they're doing great things over there. And anytime I can support them, I do. So yeah, that was our that was our weekend. I didn't get out um, this weekend. We had uh, the Future Anglers of Minnesota uh, second annual golf tournament on Saturday, and then I went fishing on Sunday. So yeah, that I didn't get any goose hunting this weekend so
2: it looks like there's going to be a
1: good migration day this week but of course minnesota Sea is shut down so if anybody is adventurous go head over to wisconsin or dakota's or something like that i think we're going to have a pretty good uh, migration event here this weekend so all right there is your waterfall wednesday thanks everybody for listening we appreciate you and uh well, talk to you next week bye